When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, January 26th. I'm Desiree Frazier, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, we break down key moments in Governor Tate Reeves' State of the State address and hear highlights from Greenville Mayor Eric Simmons' Democratic response. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. delighted today to be joined by Brandon Jones and Austin Barber, both are political consultants here in the state. Brandon is a Democrat and Austin is a Republican. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for being here. Let's start where Governor Reeves started during his State of the State address yesterday evening with education. The governor says educational attainment in the state has soared over the past few years, and he brought statistics to back it up. Mississippi students with disabilities have seen a graduation rate that has doubled over the last eight years. Overall, our graduation rate is now at an all-time high of 87.7%. That, by the way, better than the national average. Reeves says he's a numbers guy, and the numbers speak for themselves. But do they tell the full story of the state of the educational system in Mississippi? Austin, let's hear from you first. Yeah, I think they do. Listen, um, it's interesting. When I when I first got into this business uh, 20-something years ago, gosh, I'm getting old. Um, you look good. Thank you. Um, you know, Democrats control the education aspect of campaigns and politics and government. And I I, I think that um, what Haley started probably in his second term of governor, uh, what Phil Bryant um, ran on as governor and now Tate Reeves, and of course with a tremendous help from the lieutenant governor and speaker, is Republicans have taken control of um, the issue of education. They have put money 
They have put effort. They have made policy decisions, and it has made a huge difference. Uh, not for you know. Fortunately, we haven't completely changed uh, education in Mississippi so that all 82 counties have a great educational system. But we're on the pathway there. Listen, this is a big. This is a big point. 87.7% is the graduation rate in Mississippi right now. That's an all-time high, tremendously better than the national average. Dropout rate is a low of 8.8%. Yes, I'm, I'm doing the same thing that the governor did. I'm looking at stats, but stats matter here. Um, so I mean, those are just two big things. And then, of course, and I'm sure we'll talk about teacher pay raise. Um, that's going up, and it's. And we'll get into more detail. But listen. If you look and see the policy decisions that Republicans have made in the legislature and our governors have encouraged, we cannot forget several years ago the fourth grade reading gate. That's really, really important, uh, Desiree, because it said you can't go to the next grade if you can't read. And, and just look at this stat, uh, and i got to find it. Here it is. The, the Economist noted Mississippi fourth graders went from 49th in the country to 29th in the country. Um, and that's just that's that's great. I think that it's a bipartisan effort, but Republicans were in control when these decisions were made. Branding, your thoughts on the issue? Well, look, we should all celebrate advances in the classroom. I think that, that's something that should make Mississippians proud, and I think that the governor uh, made a good decision. Put those at the front of his speech. Um, Austin overstates it a little bit in terms of idea making here. I mean, Republicans were against education until they were for it here recently. They, they haven't been helpful in helping to uh, fully fund public education in Mississippi. And if you talk to parents and teachers across the state right now, they'll tell you that we have a long way to go. You know, you get the most improved award because you have the most ground to make up. And so we should encourage advancements in education. We should encourage our legislature and our governor to keep trying but we don't need to be taking a victory lap right now. Mississippi public schools have a long way to go. Now, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back at my friend here. Um, I, I do think we should take a victory lap. And there's no question the race is not over, Brandon. But but we can we can do a we can high five and we can you know uh, fist pump as as we're running around the track here a little bit because because things have happened. And yes, there was a long way to go. But let's remember, it's not just Republicans that put uh, our educational system in, in, in such a hole. Um, I'm not going to get into who controlled the legislature for decades and decades, but listen, it is a bipartisan effort. But I just think that sometimes Republicans do not get enough credit for the efforts that they made. And I am so glad that the governor led with this yesterday. It was obviously the most important thing on his mind. It was a huge part um you know, it was a huge part of his agenda when he was a lieutenant governor, and that has continued uh, to, while he's been governor. I, I think, I think Desiree, and I know we got to move on, but I, I think, Austin, some history lesson would be helpful here. From 2003 to 2011, Democrats passed a vast legislation that would fully fund Mississippi public schools every year. It only passed one year, and that was because of Republican votes. So we don't have to go into deep history here to back up what I was just saying. But look, we're glad y'all are coming around. And we <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. Teacher pay. We have two bills, one passed the House, one passed the Senate. Your thoughts on them. Which is the better deal? Um, look, I don't think it really matters which one is the better deal. They're both good deals. Okay. Um, and ultimately, this is going to go 
to conference, and the House will fight for what their bill is, and the Senate will fight for what their for what their bill is. Um, I, I do sort of have details of of the of the Senate bill, um, and the Senate bill would take um, would take our starting the starting salary would raise it ten or fifteen percent, twelve percent. Uh, for a starting teacher, I think right now it's thirty-seven thousand dollars, and it would start it at forty thousand dollars, beginning in twenty-four and twenty-five, in no twenty-three and twenty-four, excuse me. But next year it would take it to thirty-nine. Listen, it's it is continuing to pay our teachers more, and certainly they deserve to be paid more and more and more and more. Um, but I, I just think that the effort that both chambers are making, and I think the house, um, I think the house plan had maybe a. It was it was more. Forty seven hundred. Yeah, it was it was a little more than the Senate one, but they're both aggressive, uh, and they're both uh, heading in the and continuing to head in the right direction, which is at least to get us to the southeastern average or above the southeastern average. Um, so it, that that th- uh, those bills will go to conference and they'll come out with something that everybody can celebrate. All right, Brandon. Yeah, this is just the first time in a long time that I remember the House and Senate in a big competition about who's going to do the most good. God bless them. I hope they keep going. I hope, I hope the numbers keep going up. We've got a ways to go to get our teacher salaries where they need to be, but this is a tremendous news for teachers, and I'm proud of everybody involved. Yeah, and, and I, I know the Senate bill is an average salary increase of $4,785 with a total cost of 210 million dollars for the general fund budget so that's a that's a tremendous effort and again we as we just said uh, Desiree that the house bill was a little bit more than that so they are making considerable efforts to try to get our teachers paid and that's something Brandon and I can both be excited about and and, and happy to see our legislators doing this okay let's talk about critical race theory last week black Mississippi senators made national news by walking out before yeah sorry go ahead go ahead go ahead Oh, um, last week, black Mississippi senators made national news by walking out before a vote to ban the teaching of certain philosophies about race and history in the state's K through 12 schools and universities. Yesterday, Governor Reeves offered one of the most forceful rebukes of so-called critical race theory that we've heard from a state leader so far. Mississippi's public educators will not indoctrinate students in ideology that insist this country or this state are inherently racist. We will not teach that your race determines your status as a victim or an oppressor. No school district shall teach that one race is inherently superior or that an individual is unconsciously or inherently racist because of how they are born. Brandon, your thoughts on that message? You know, I was reading the speech and it it felt like the governor had a stroke like halfway through conversation. He spent five minutes talking about how wonderful Mississippi teachers are and how great teachers are doing and how we need to increase their pay. Then he went blue and started talking about how teachers are teaching this uh, strange version of history and exercising mind control over the students. So there's a lot of contradiction there. Look, these censorship bills, these classroom censorship bills are a bad idea. It's part of a nationwide attempt to censor classroom discussions about race and racism. There is no place in the world that needs to be honest about its history more so than Mississippi. And we ought to ask our teachers to give their best and to teach history the same way they teach math and science. And that's accurately. And, you know, I thought back to the conversation that took place in the legislature last week 
where the person who sponsored one of these censorship bills was asked where this stuff is taking place. And he said, well, it's not taking place in Mississippi, but sometimes we pass bills because we just don't want them to take place. That's utter nonsense, and I hate that the governor had to get involved in that. Everyone who talks about this with the cameras off know this is nonsense. They know it's red meat. They know it's there to fire up the base, and it's unfortunate that he had to dedicate so much of his speech to it. Austin? Yeah, listen, I, I, I agree with what the governor said when he said, and, and, and I'm going to read this. This is straight from his speech, and it's, a, it's, it's short, but it's, it's important. He said, quote, we will teach all of our history, good and bad. So that's the most important part of, um, of this issue that, that I'm taking from what the governor said. He, he's just very clear. He, you know, he believes that all of our history should be taught good and bad. And I, I just think he made that point. It was an issue that he felt like he needed to talk about. Um, but I'm glad that he put the emphasis on good and bad. We're going to teach it all. We're not trying to sugarcoat it. I'm wondering if it's going to be the Department of Education that will decide what's good or bad or the school districts, because you will have people complaining about certain books. I read where sure. someone complained about to kill a mockingbird. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm obviously I'm, I'm, I'm a proponent of, of those decisions being made at the most local level that they possibly can be made. But I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Well, yesterday, Governor Reeves applauded House Speaker Philip Gunn for his work to eliminate the income tax in Mississippi. Previously, the two had squabbled over the issue. The governor had accused the speaker of wanting a tax swap that only pushed peas around the plate and didn't actually lower taxes for most Mississippians. Have they settled their differences, or is this merely the honeymoon phase before the stakes get hired, higher and a bill that Reeves may not fully support lands on his desk? Austin. Um, listen, I, it's very clear that the speaker and the governor are on the same page on eliminating the state income tax. Um, this has been a major priority uh, for the speaker uh, and his agenda uh, for the last two sessions, maybe it's been three sessions, but you know certainly last year and this year. So they're, they're on the same page. They want to get this taken care of. Uh, it, it, it'll take the whole session and negotiating back and forth from the House and the Senate to see what ultimately happens. Brandon, you think this is going to be an easy get? You know, it won't surprise you to know that neither the governor nor the speaker have called me this week to tell me how, how conversations are going. But I was intrigued by that part of the speech. I, I do think it's, um, it, it's, it's significant that the governor would mention the, the speaker's house plan since, as you mentioned, the two have not been on the same page with these plans for a couple of years. Um, look, I, I'm, a, I'm among those who think this would be a devastatingly bad idea for the state of Mississippi. Um, all of the good vibes we're feeling about the economy right now are propped up by one-time federal dollars that will be going away. Um, emergency dollars that are, frankly, largely earmarked, or uh, transportation dollars that are earmarked. So I think we're, um, it's a bad time to make big decisions based on federal dollars that most of your state politicians were against in the first place. And also the state income tax compromises over 30% of Mississippi's budget. So the notion that we would take that away and somehow magically recoup it is just not supported by any economic person in the world, including our own state economies. Um, Kansas tried this. They went bankrupt pretty quickly. Louisiana tried this, and they've been trying to dig out ever since. These are really bad ideas. Again, I think they're appealing to a certain subsection of the Republican base, but they don't really help the state's long-term future. 
All righty. Thank you, Brandon. We'll have more from Brandon and Austin after the break. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio, and we have uh, two political consultants here with us, Austin Barber and Brandon Jones. Our next question, at a press conference several months ago, Governor Rees, alongside Attorney General Lynn Fitch, said the state wouldn't seek to overturn Roe v. Wade in the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization abortion case. Now their tone has changed, and yesterday, Reeves laid out his vision for Mississippi in which abortion is completely outlawed as soon as this summer. How would you both assess the future of abortion access in the state? And we'll start with Brandon. Well, I think it's pretty bleak. When we, when we talk about these things, we should really be talking about women's overall health and having the full array of modern medical options available to people. Um, whenever Roe vs. Wade was passed in the 70s, um, there was a lot of moderate to conservative support for the idea. Uh, people recognized that back alley abortions and and getting uh, medical help uh, in, in uh, fly-by-night ways and, and under the veil of darkness was harmful to families, harmful to people, uh, harmful to women. And so uh, it wasn't until very recently that this has become such a hyper-politicized uh, issue, uh, only you know, since Austin and I have been kind of involved in this stuff, has it really hit the floor as a hyper-politicized issue. Um, I think it's devastating for women's health. I think it's devastating for family health, and I think rather than have like an honest discussion about what the full range of resources means and, and what it means for people to have full medical options and have these conversations with the doctor, we've instead decided to kind of reduce it to a few bumper sticker comments um, without thinking about the real family life impact these types of moves have. And look, we know why they changed their tune. This is a Supreme Court that has signaled that it is overwhelmingly conservative. Um, there's no conservative red meat issue that you could send to this court and not have some confidence that they're going to kind of take the ball and run with it. So I think that's fairly calculated. All right. Thank you, Brandon. Austin, your thoughts? I'm not going to um, shock anybody by saying that Mississippi is an overwhelmingly pro-life state. Um, uh, and so I'm not going to waste time by saying that. But but and and I think that that is true. Um, not for not just for Republicans, um, um, or but I, I think there are fair number. I bet if you if you polled, even if you secretly polled both Republicans and Democrat legislators at the Capitol, you'd be surprised to see how many uh, Democrats uh, would define themselves as as uh, as pro life. But listen, I, I think. When I look, when I listened, and I look back as Brandon did, and at at the governor's speech, I, I think Tate went in a different direction as well. Certainly, he talked about um, abortion, but he also he also talked about um, he also talked about pro life in every sense of the word, and he talked about adoption. Here was a quote he said: "We need to make it even easier 
to adopt a Mississippi child into a forever home. And and I think that's really important. The things that he's doing to change uh, CPS, which used to be a part of the, D- the Department of Human Services. CPS is the Child Protective uh, Service. It's a, it's a state agency that oversees our foster care programs. Um, he's he is putting money and talent and energy into into these state agencies uh, to help kids who can't help themselves. Now, now sometimes the definition of that is a child who's in who is who's unborn to help protect that child. But what I'm very happy to see is he's now also putting effort into protecting these kids who can't help themselves, who are born, who may be uh, waiting to be adopted, who or who may also be in, in foster care. And I'm really proud to see uh, his administration focusing on that. And he and I won't go through any more quotes, but that was a really important thing for me to see from him. Moving on quickly, Greenville Mayor Eric Simmons delivered the Democratic response to the State of the State Address. His speech focused heavily on the effects of the pandemic in Mississippi. As Umbercon continues to push case counts to sky-high levels, hundreds of thousands of working Mississippians are left without health care coverage. It is no better time than now to afford those Mississippians the access they need. And Democrats don't care what you call it. That's a thinly veiled shot at the governor who opposes expanding Medicaid and has often referred to it as Obamacare. Is this the right time for Democrats to be pushing this issue, Brandon? Absolutely. And you Uh, got 60 seconds. Sorry. Tight on time. We're in the middle of a health care crisis. Nearly 11,000 Mississippians have died. Close to 700,000 have contracted the virus. Mayor Simmons is acutely aware, being a mayor of a town, of the impact that this has had and of the ways that people have struggled to cover basic health care costs, not to mention those communities who don't have a hospital, who don't have emergency care services. Mississippi is desperately in need of health care coverage. And I, I applaud the mayor for making that central in his speech, and I applaud him for saying, look, we don't care what you call it. You can call it take care. We just need health care coverage in Mississippi. Austin. Yeah, listen, I, th- th- this is an interesting argument. I, I, I don't, I do not see a full expansion of, of Medicaid happening at the legislature. But I think there are some things that are being done. Uh, th- there's a House and a Senate bill um, that expands coverage for um, women who just had a baby who are having, who are on Medicaid, who have, uh, who are having postpartum issues. So there are things that are being done to protect. Uh, those who who you know who need the help. I mean, uh, this Medicaid is a safety net program, and um, you know we got to make sure that we're we are um, making sure those dollars are being spent in the in the most in the in the best way to help those who need the most help. Uh, but I have real concerns uh, about our hospital system in Mississippi right now. Uh, there's no question that they are. You know they're they're dealing with a tremendous amount of pressure with the rise of Omicron, and you know many of them just don't, not sure if they're going to be able to survive, and particularly with the nurses shortage that we have. All right. Well, we're out of time. Thank you to Brandon Jones and Austin Barber for giving us your assessment of the governor's state of the state address and the Democratic resp- response. We really appreciate you. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stick around for a full morning of Mississippi Radio. Coming up at 9, it's Fix It 101. Then at 10, it's Everyday Tech. And at 11, don't miss Southern Remedy. Find past installments of this and other Think Radio shows online at mpbonline.org. I'm Desiree Frazier. See you tomorrow morning at 830 for the next 
Mississippi edition on MPB Think Radio. Have a good day.